Brandon Woodruff, I was looking probable starter tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays. Hey. Apparently the ankle's fine. The renown syndrome, the numbness in his finger, fine. In check. Or in check, I should say. He said, I was, I'll play some clips coming up a little later of Woody. He's saying it only affects his middle finger on his right hand do when it. it gets cold. And Rowdy, they're in Tampa. Well, just in general, Indoors, Ebo, Indoors though, yes. Just in general, it's now summertime. And I wasn't flipping I you off. I don't exactly was... know where it's going to be cold anywhere in the United States. <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> Uh, at, he's at least he's at least safe until October. No, there's no baseball team in Alaska. Yeah, until October, and then the, thankfully, you know, the Brewers have a roof, a roof, uh, Tropicana Field indoors. So uh, you're looking tonight. Who is uh, was it? Who the hell is pitching against Brandon Woodruff? I looked it up. He was 0 1. I have to go look at the probable starters again. Is it Shane Baz? Yeah, it's Baz. That's what it was. So, you don't know anything much about Shane Baz, Rowdy? Not a tongue. He's a younger pitcher. I yeah. think he's seen now parts of two seasons in the big leagues. So what are we thinking about but, Brandon? But the Woodruff thing with the, with the Tampa Bay Rays is that no matter who they have, no matter who is in that bullpen, they always find a way to be an extremely good pitching team, both in the rotation and in the bullpen. They're a team that's not afraid to use a guy where he throws two innings. Maybe he throws four innings. And have a bullpen day. They've been solid for like a decade, finding ways to have a really good pitching and defense, kind of like what the Brewers are trying to model themselves after. The Rays do not spend any money, but yet every single year you look up, they're winning like 90 games. Now, they're also getting their starting shortstop, Franco, back from the IL. He missed over three weeks. I believe he's back for today's game. He's actually the kid that was the top prospect in baseball the other season, which allowed them to move Willie Adamas and trade Willie Adamas to the Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the Rays have been a nice little partner for uh, the Milwaukee Brewers they have in been. the past. And you look at this now, Woody, five and three <clears throat> on the year, excuse me, ERA of 4.74, uh, 53 strikeouts has not been, uh, you know, in the majors since what late May is when he went on the IL. So again, the ankle's fine. And the renowned syndrome, I think I'm saying that right, is in check. See, so, this is the weirdest thing ever to me. So it originally starts out as the high ankle sprain, but it was the weirdest high ankle sprain ever because if you've ever had a bad high ankle sprain, which I have, you're done. You do not like to move around. You do not like to walk Mm. around, try and run or cut or even pitch off of a mound because. From basically my Achilles all the way up to my the side of my knee. Doesn't feel good. It was painful. And and for the first day or two, you were like on crutches <laughs> or you were like hardly walking with the use of crutches. Like it was weird from the fact that when you were watching that game, it never really looked like he did anything to say sprain an ankle. Like I could see if it was like, Oh, he came down a little awkwardly and we missed it. And it was like a slight ankle sprain, but nothing that would hold him out for that long. Yeah. There was really nothing there. I, I could say, okay, maybe that pitch right there. It's like a, a slight ankle sprain, but to say it was high, that was weird from the start. Then what he was doing interviews saying, well, my ankle's fine when 
when I walk around and move. It's just when I pitch a little bit is when it gets sore. That threw up red flags is like, wait, you can walk around and you're telling me that you have a bad high yeah, ankle sprain? That usually doesn't mix. That, that doesn't make sense. But then all of a sudden it was like two, three weeks in and they were talking about how, yeah, the ankle feels a little bit better, but now I can't feel anything in my hands. My fingers hurt. Like that, didn't that just feel like it came out of nowhere? Yeah. Well, then your back's going to hurt because you just put landscaping duty. Yeah, no, it, it totally came out of nowhere, Rowdy, because it's like, all right, the ankle's all messed up and all of a sudden it's the hands messed but up. But then he was saying it was like, my ankle's messed up, but it's actually not that bad. It only, it only hurts when I pitch. And then, uh-huh. oh yeah, I guess uh-huh. what? I can't feel the, my fingers uh-huh. in the hand that I throw with. Yeah, he which said is, it was a, his middle finger. Which is clearly <laughs> a a big deal, especially if it's your pointer or your middle finger. Uh-huh. If you know anything about pitching, those are the two fingers that you need for finger pressure when you're throwing, especially breaking balls, or just in general holding the baseball. Balls. Those are the two most important fingers. Oh. So obviously that's a big deal. And when you want to talk about it's the most important fingers for a Jesse Winker, by the way, yep. well, even when you're talking about just Double safety in baseball, imagine trying to throw a baseball 98 miles an hour, like Brandon Woodruff can do and not exactly having feeling in your hands or where you're necessarily throwing it. That spells trouble not only for him, but for a guy stepping into the box. Yeah. Ah. My other question would be... And if it's be, Wilson Contreras, that's fine, though. My other question yes. would be, A, has Brandon Woodruff suffered from this his whole life? Because we we as never Brewer fans, I've never heard anything about this until now. I know there are people that, that grew up with this syndrome and that have experienced this, but I, is this something that all of a sudden you can get when you're almost 30 years old? I have comments I don't, from Woody. I don't know. I have comments from Woody about it. Up but also, from what I read, it sounds Teach. like with medication. Yeah, he's on medication. He said it, it. You can get this under control. Yeah, he said he's on. He's he's medicated. Wiz Khalifa that he's medicated, but he's like, I'm not going to say what it is. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. We don't really need to know. But he's on medication for it. He said you can treat it. You can treat. <laughs> yeah. It. See, my biggest thing is I'd be interested to know if this was something he's dealt with his entire life because it it feels it like it's not like it. because yeah. we've never heard anything about this when he was in the minor leagues, whether he was in college or had, even um, in the pros until he had now he had an interview with Adam McKelvey that I was watching uh, after his last start with the Rattlers. And he was from the sounds of it. He had never had it before. And he was just getting used to dealing with it. And he's on medication to help the symptoms. Yeah. But he said it only affects his middle finger essentially when it gets cold. And that's the biggest finger, the most important finger for breaking balls and driving and driving. Yeah, when someone cuts you off or something, you got to flick them off. Oh. You know what I'm saying? On the mound at Tropicana Field. First time he's pitched since late May. I got some comments I want to get to from one Woody. Excited to get Woody back? What do you think his, uh, what do you think his stat line is going to be tonight? Coming back off of the I'm, I'm optimistic because as weird as this entire injury has been, it doesn't seem like the ankle is actually affected. And if the ankle's not actually really affected to the point that it's really changed him at all, yeah. the the finger and the, the finger pressure, yeah, it's alarming. But if medication can take care of it, there's really no injury. Yeah, so it's I, just the fact that he's got feeling back in his hand. Now, that's worrisome if all of a sudden, uh, six days from now, all, he can't feel his fingers. But... I'm hopefully optimistic Ooh, look that at you. we're hopefully going to optimistic. see Brandon Woodruff come back. Now, he has had some time off, and we saw him early in the season. My man. He was a guy that 
struggled a little bit out of the gate, seemed like he was starting to get it back, and he was one of those that his FIP was lower than what his current ERA, ERA was. Therefore, in theory, he was pitching better than what his numbers sure. said, and then all of a sudden he goes down with the ankle hand. Well, here's uh, some comments from one Brandon Woodruff on his last rehab start. Take a listen. I felt good. was able to do everything again. Um, didn't throw out the sh- stretch until fifth, so that was something I'll work on this week is just getting those extra reps out of the stretch. So that's when the most important pitches are thrown. But other than that, I was able to get ahead and get some early contact. And um, so, yeah, it was all good. All right, so, Rowdy, the would have been funnier if he said, yeah, I didn't really get any work out of the stretch, but I don't plan on pitching out of the stretch at all this season. You know why he didn't get any work out of the stretch. Oh, here we Big go. Big strike zone. That damn umpire. Big strike zone. was handing him balls that were eight inches off the plate. Mm. I it, literally went back and watched it multiple <laughs> times, and I think there was maybe one you could argue. And, you know, the hitters were helping that cause too, but maybe if he had, there had been a real umpire, then he would have been able to pitch with a guy so on base. when I was gone Thursday and Friday, obviously you guys had the reins. When I came back yesterday for the show and today, I... F- now, I'm going to parlay this into the next comment from Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff's going to talk about his middle finger. I feel like there's a lot of middle fingers between maybe you two guys. Between us? Over no. the last two days. No, not at all. No, no, no middle no, fingers? Me here? and the Umpires Association of whatever league the Timber Rattlers play in. Oh, so you and that. So not Rowdy. Like I, no, I no, thought no, you guys no, no. were maybe. That's a, the Midwest League. I thought you guys maybe had like we had some middle fingers at each other. This was a broader statement about the state of umpiring in minor league baseball <laughs> and how... Well, everyone wants to flick off uh, an umpire. No, nah, like these rehab stars. You're not alone, hey, Ben, in that. Just don't ask him about the NBA suits. Shame. You're not a... <laughs> so, <laughs> the reason why I bring up the middle finger, not because of the, any animosity, no, no. It's because Brandon Woodruff, renowned syndrome, he was affected in his... I'm still, I still got my middle fingers up. He was affected by it in his middle finger on his pitching hand. Take a listen. The middle finger, huh? <laughs> um, no, it's uh, like... So it, I'm able to go pitch and not really think about it. It just, like, it's weird. It'll get a little cold, but, like, I don't really lose the, the feeling that as much anymore. So that's, that's every day has kind of gotten right? better. So I think as long the, as we kind of go through this process of it, I, I've never dealt with it, so I don't really know how to, I don't know what's the outlook going to look like. You know, is it going to be completely gone tomorrow? Am I going to deal with this for another six months? But as far as pitching and throwing, like, the the feeling in the middle finger has gotten to the point where it's become minimal now, so like it's not affecting. Like I'm not going out there and like oh, I can't feel my middle finger. So right. That's the important part. Right, so let me ask you guys: When you do, do you say flick or flip someone off? What's the correct vernacular? Flip, flick. Interchangeable. Pretty when when you same when you do though, let's say you got a little case of the road rage, and you want to give someone the dirty bird. Where do you, what do you do for your thumb? Do you stick the thumb out like you had the Kid Rock CD on Ba with the Ba? I think it just it happens organically. No, it's in. No, the middle finger's always in. Is it, I mean, is, it in, is it in where you can't see the thumb at all, or is it on the side of your hand where you see the knuckle, or is it all the way sticking out like it's a, like a L kind of? It's on the side. Like this? Yeah. Like, Rowdy, what about you? However it happens, it happens. I'm actually, I keep it behind my I'm index not really, finger. I'm not really a middle finger guy. I keep it behind the... Neither do I. I don't. Ro- I don't like ever road rage. I keep it behind the index finger though. When oh, I do it. not that it's not that I don't get pissed. You from road time rage to time constantly. That's not true. Oh, I thought you were in a constant state of road rage. I'm saying 
I'm not really a finger guy because if I'm pissed at you, I'm not going to flip you a finger. I'm literally going to tell you, dude, go F off to your face. Like you roll down the window. I'm more blunt about it. You tell the person to roll finger. You tell the person to roll down the window about it. If I'm pissed, you do the roll down the window sign and then roll that. Go yourself. I only a couple times when it, I'm really not, I don't really freak out that much. I in, never in rode the car. I, I don't a, even blow I my horn. A, I have a buddy that is like, oh my God, dude. Does he, is he the buddy that blames everyone else for driving bad, but he's the one that drives bad? No, but he'll just freak out about anything. And then it's like the, and, and it's like, then other two of us would be in there like, dang, you a road rager. Uh, there's some verbal exchanges like to yourself in the car. Or are you like, no, just myself. Do you, are you a horn guy? No. You're oh, a horn, you're oh yes, I'm a horn guy. You a horn guy, Rowdy? No, I'm I'm literally a. I'm vo- not a horn guy. Either. I don't hardly ever yell or use my horn in the car. I'm more if I'm actually pissed. There's you're gonna hear words, because <laughs> and they cut deeper. <laughs> I don't need a little finger. I'm gonna make sure you feel the pain of my voice. Roll your window down, Ahill. Hey, mother. Yeah, line Hello? one. Hello. 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 Hey, drunkie. All right, one more from Brandon Woodruff. Don't you think it cuts a little deeper when someone tells you to go F off to your face than a finger? A finger reminds me of like a little 10-year-old kid that thinks it's funny. I'm more of a, if someone does flip me off, flick me off, whatever it is or whatever, I just, I kind of like give them a wave and a smile and blow kisses or something. Like I'm like, I'm the kill them with kindness kind of, it's obviously a sarcastic a-hole stuff, but I blow them a kiss or I like give them the thumbs up or smile and wave. I think that pisses people off more. I don't know. It is this. I'm a finger guy. <laughs> Thanks, kid. All right, one more from Brandon Woodruff. Finger guy, down the middle, Johnson. All right, Brandon Woodruff does say though he's ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm. I I, I want to be out there with the boy, so I'm ready. So it's just one of those manage manage what I got and each day. You know, it, it's been it's been pretty consistent, like. I threw in the first game, first rehab game, and didn't really have any problems. And then throwing that week was pretty good. And then last, you know, last night was um, a little bit better than last. So um, just keep building off that. So, like I said, I don't know when it's going to just completely go away. And I have, you know, this feels like my left hand, but um, I don't think it's. I'm out there. Like when I go out on the mound, I don't think it's going. It's not going to be a thing where. The fingers are an excuse. That's- All right, so, I mean, sounds like this finger issue is not going to go away, though. And he's, I, there's more of the clip where he talks about how it only affects him when it gets cold. It's June 28th. So I'm getting cold. And Rowdy, uh, he said he's on medication for the Renown Syndrome. So there you go. We'll see what happens with Brandon Woodruff tonight. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get cold tonight. I mean, it's going to be a high of 83. It's indoors, though. Oh, you might you gotta turn your mic up, Benjamin. That's my fault. Yeah, they're <laughs> playing in the sweat box. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be getting cold at Tropicana. No. We looked up um and Rowdy brought this up when Sam from the Mallards was was in. There was a list of health code violations for all the ballparks. Rats. In Major League. The worst and putrid most disgusting stadium in Oakland? all the major leagues. Oakland was second to last. Oh. Tropicana Field. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I think I don't know where Philly I don't know where the Phillies were in that one. Brewers were really good for being cleanliness. Cleanliness is godliness, Benjamin. Phillies are okay, probably. Yeah, I feel like they'd be all right. All right, one. Yeah, but the the Tropicana one when they described 
seeing rats. Ugh, cockroaches. In like the food spots. Ew. The Twitter poll is up. Hey, good morning, RJ. Morning. I heard the oh, oh. I have to go look at the the Twitter poll. Well, I mean, you know, we're in those dog days of summer right now, you know. It's, uh, which player has been the most impactful for their team? Aaron Rodgers with the Packers? Giannis Adenakumo with the Bucks? Or one Christian Yelich with the Brewers? I don't think Yelly is going to be getting too many votes, but uh, I've been wrong before, but I actually... Mm, rarely wrong. But I don't think I'll be wrong in this one with mm. Christian Yelich not getting too many votes. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, out to an early lead with three votes in, counting. Early returns. Polls say Rodgers is going to win in a landslide. Early polls. All right, so we'll get your vote on at Zone uh, Madison. Yeah, baseball's uh, Zobes called in. Uh, you missed the the Zobes phone call, RJ. Uh, and Zobes was talking about how uh, you know baseball's uh, you only get you get lesser chances to affect an outcome of a game than you would um, you know an Aaron Rodgers or a football player. Then uh, obviously on the NBA or when it comes to basketball, there's five guys on the court. Yeah, so you got more, and you play both offense and defense. So uh, a lot of people are already saying on the Twitch stream that it's Giannis Adenokounmpo. But you got to take everything overall in the face of a franchise. So um, looking at Giannis, all right, what's been the, has there ever been a bugaboo, Rowdy and uh, RJ, about people not wanting to come to Milwaukee to play baseball? Or has it always just been the pocketbook of one owner of not wanting to get guys to come I play baseball? I would say it's both, but probably yeah. more the latter. Yeah. Well, and, and part of the thing is uh, even the baseball when it was the Brewers weren't spending money because of, you know, Bud Selig moving on to commissioner, his daughter not spending money, his daughter not really running the team properly. (laughs) Um, And then people would use the weather as an excuse too. Like basketball players would. They're like, oh, the weather is not good. And it's like, have you ever been in Milwaukee in the summer? Dude, yeah. it's it's an amazing place. And by the way, like, when you play, you also have a roof. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, like you're inside through, through the years. No, I, I mean, you've saying. only had a roof for 22 years now. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I mean for <laughs> basketball, like NBA, it's yeah. like you know, well, you, you play. Still, it gets cold. Um, <laughs> There's it, only so many teams in good weather. Okay. It's yeah. It's it's always been a knock, but then you've had people like who come in and they're like, uh, the fan base is amazing, the town's amazing, and like people have started making. Milwaukee a destination to like at least look at well, in look terms at, of, of baseball. No, I know this guy wasn't a face of a franchise, but look at Eric Thames when he came to the Milwaukee Brewers. He's like, I, Eric. Yeah. I don't know. Korean. Eric. What did he say? He's like, I absolutely love the reason why I wanted to come here is because I fell in love with the city of Milwaukee. I think it's because they play Cincinnati 19 times. <laughs> and I think they made well, a, I mean, they I think they made a beer for 30. <laughs> they made a beer for Eric Thames, too. When, yeah. So Eric's like, I first name basis. Eric is like, Thames is like, I love the city. I fell in love That's with a, the city of Milwaukee like when a, I came to visit. The last name doesn't roll off the tongue. So I, I understand Eric. Eric? But you look at uh, you know you look at the Milwaukee Brewers. Every time someone comes to Wisconsin, and obviously they might be you know giving you a lineup of a hooey, but maybe they, I believe them. They're like, I actually really love the city, or I really love the state of Wisconsin. I really love the people here. It's 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 nice. It's a different way of life. I mean, like, look at Giannis. Yeah, you have multiple players and stars being like, I'd go play in Milwaukee with Giannis. Yeah. Yeah, and Giannis, Giannis, like, I don't want to go to L.A. I don't want to go to New York. Yeah. I want to be right here. Well, like, I think right. there's multiple person. things. Like, you can talk to or look at the CC Sabathia, where at the time he was just 
in his mind talking, you know, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to do this. But then after the roughly three months of Milwaukee said he really enjoyed it, liked the fans, liked everything, wish he could have stayed there. Yeah. But then all of a sudden can't turn down the money that the Yankees offered him versus what the Brewers had to yeah. offer him, yeah. which totally understandable. But there's been an, other guys in the past where it was like Mustakis originally after that trade was going to walk in 2019 because the money was supposed to be there. Well, then the money wasn't there and he's like, yeah, I, I do like Milwaukee. It's a good team. I'll come back. But a lot of, a lot of the times, if you don't have that top dollar to offer yeah. or at least somewhat close, it's just like gonna, in the city is only going to go so far. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. And that's why everyone was so ecstatic when Christian Yelich signed that long-term deal. Cause he's coming off of, in my opinion, which should have been two MVP seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, totally. you got him for a team friendly deal where he was only going to be making about 27 million tops for the, that next. And you knew that towards the end of that contract, you would probably be eating a year or two of that salary, but you thought for a good, you know, seven years that that would be a solid, good contract for Christian Yelich. But now since that kneecap, yeah, it's not the same. Who has meant the most to their organization here in Wisconsin? Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, Giannis Adendakumbo with the Milwaukee Bucks, and then the Brewers was kind of a tough one. But there's a guy who's getting paid like it, who gets the most votes for it in the All Star voting uh, updated. One Christian Yelich for the Milwaukee Brewers. So Ebo, I told you earlier in the show that I had kind of like a take on Christian Yelich and. I want to get your opinion on this. Yeah. Let me just tell you the update. Giannis leading the way 75% of the vote. Rodgers, 23%. And believe it or not, people have, or I think all person has voted for Christian Yelich. He's at 2%. Oof. They, hey, they say, say there's no wasted votes, though. Would you say, though, probably the first ever Christian Yelich fan in the state of Wisconsin, arguably, was me? You immediately dialed up a sweatshop in China. And said, hey, I need a Christian Yelich jersey ASAP. And you got it. Even before he, he busted on the scene. He was traded for in January of 2018. And by February of 2018, I had a Christian Yelich Brewers retro, almost yeah. like 80s colored uh, you had it jersey. Like immediately when they got Yelly. And at the time, Christian Yelich was... You were peacocking in that thing, Rowdy. You were, you were like, hell yeah, check this thing out. Christian Yelich was not a big-time all-star. He was not an MVP candidate. He did win a gold glove early, early in his career. But at this point, that was like four or five years earlier than what we were talking about in 2018. He was a guy that had just started hitting for a little bit more power. He was like in those teens to low 20s for home runs. I figured looking at him, I liked his swing. Looked like his swing would play up in Miller Park as a left-handed hitter. He was still growing into his body as a a guy that was putting on weight and, and still physically maturing yeah, yeah. because he was, he did reach the big leagues at age 20 and now he was starting to come into that 25, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Now we know he's, he's 30. He's been here for a while, but he been was starting to kind of grow into a player where it looked like he could hit 20, 25 home runs hit for 280, 300 yeah. and be like a solid at Miller park at the time, a solid, like all-star candidate year in and year out for the Brewers loved it. Love that they unloaded some of the prospects that they were hoarding for a couple years. And I, being a big Christian Yelich guy when they acquired him, having those thoughts, I thought he could be like consistently on that all-star line. 
Yeah. I never thought I would see Christian Yelich in the 18 and 19 version. Yep. He was a, he was an MVP. He should have won MVP. He should have. If he does not follow that ball off of his kneecap in September of 2019, he wins two straight MVPs. The Milwaukee Brewers are obviously in a better spot in 2019, though they did have a struggling bullpen and the rotation wasn't what they thought it would yeah. be. But they would have been in a better place. I never thought I would see him to play at that type of level. Like yeah. like we were talking about earlier, it was Mike Trout was the best hitter in baseball. Christian Yelich was number two. Everybody else was behind them. And it was crazy. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is unfolding in front of our eyes. A guy this good with the Milwaukee Brewers. In 2018, his first two, two and a half months were, like, decent. And then he got on just this. He got on a heater yeah. and was amazing. Went on to win the MVP, carried the team the last three-plus months. 2019, he basically picked up right where he left off. Should have been MVP basically again. MVP the entire year until the kneecap. Yeah, and you can make the argument the last couple of weeks of the season and the kneecap. That's why he didn't win MVP. I love give it, what the Bellinger. I love yeah. Who's falling off at the end basically of the year. Bellinger because he outlasted Yelich and wasn't on the IL for the last three and a half weeks. Yeah. But didn't he fall off at the end of the year too, Bellinger? Yeah, he was struggling. Yeah. But it was like, okay, what are we going to give it to a guy? Like, Bellinger slightly has better overall numbers, even though he played an extra month. Uh, but Christian Yelich wasn't available. Yeah, so he should And he won it last year. All right, we'll give it to Bellinger. Dumb. But uh, Yelich was a guy that in the offseason, everyone loved the deal. It was a great deal. You think you have a guy that now not only is a... Purely an all-star year in and year out, but a guy to be MVP caliber, a guy that was clearly the second best stick in baseball, and you got him for cheap, and you got him for a long-term deal. It was a great deal, only until you've witnessed him play since, Mm. and it's been awful. The defense is regressing, the arm is regressing. regressing. And the offense, I I guess you can't say is regressing because it regressed, and now it really hasn't gotten better. But now now he's changed into back into what he was prior to starting to hit like in the teens and low twenties for home runs in Miami. He's back to being a slap hitter that uses all fields for base hits and doubles. He's not hitting home runs, but you're paying him to be that perennial all-star and what Milwaukee Brewers thought would be a guy that could compete for MVPs for the next, which in this timeline, two, three, four more seasons. Yeah. Now you're going to be married to this guy for, what is it, seven more years at this money? And he's not even anywhere sniffing close to the All-Star game. And I know we were going to talk about the All-Star numbers. Well, I'll just uh, break the news a little early. He was 18th as of yesterday. No, he in, was 19th before. In in All-Star voting. He was 19th before. 18th, Ebo. He's, he's went up a little bit. Well, spot. Yeah, that's not good. I think you could even argue that there are more than 18 players that are more uh, respectable for that all-star outfield than Christian Yelich. Like we're talking about Christian Yelich is hitting the ball better, which don't get me wrong. I'm glad we're seeing he's been hitting over 300 and getting on base at a really high clip since moving to the uh, moving to the leadoff spot. But we're celebrating this guy all of a sudden. He's batting lower than 250. That's tough. He's on pace to hit like 15 home runs this year. I take it then, Rowdy, you did not vote for Christian Yelich in this Twitter poll. No. This this Twitter poll was easy for me, and right when you said it, I already had a vote. Rowdy, before I get your opinion, Ben, you voted for, I assume? That was Giannis, too, and right when you said the poll, it was basically like, well, put it up, I'll vote Giannis. Yeah. 
Benjamin, Giannis easily. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the Bucs. Uh, the Bucs would be a perennial nine seed, and there wouldn't be much fan excitement around them. Like, there's fan excitement around the Packers no matter what. Like, I would argue if Jordan Love starts a quarterback, people are still excited about the team going into the year. They're excited that we have a good defense. Yeah, They're excited till about <laughs> week six. They're excited about the football team. They're excited about A.J. Dillon's quads. But nobody... Really, unless you're a die die hard Bucks fan, would really get that excited about every Bucks season. Hey, when the Bucks won 15 games, Giannis's rookie year, I watched just about every game. Uh, Why? Couldn't tell you because I was a fan. I guess interesting. It was terrible. I don't really know what to say to that. No, you don't have to say anything to it. I mean, Rowdy, I think you immediately went to, well, Brett Favre was here before Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, Brett Favre put Green Bay back on the map. Brett Favre delivered the Lombardi Trophy back home. I mean, that was a pretty pretty bad stretch for about 20-plus years for the Packers that Brett Favre was the centerpiece that came and changed it. Aaron Rodgers just kind of, I don't want to say rode off the coattails, but basically the franchise was in a much better place in 2000 and we'll say 9 versus 2000, or 1989-1989. <laughs> So look at, I mean, yeah, you look at it though. And Ben, I asked Rowdy, this us you this, you know, and the Brett, there's a lot of layers of this onion, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. And then you look at Giannis and the Bucks before Giannis versus Putrid, which is tougher to get the crown, i.e. win a championship or maintain the crown like an Aaron Rodgers after a Brett Favre. Ooh, I mean, Rodgers is clearly motivated by being better than Favre. I, I think it'd be tougher to be a guy like Giannis in a place where the NBA is so free agent driven and it's not a place where necessarily they could go out and create a super team like you see around the league. So being able to put Milwaukee on the map as a franchise, not that they weren't really before, no, but 50 years, they know. were a middling franchise. Like they were fine. Well, they every year I'd ask myself, why am I a fan of this? Yeah. Why do I watch this? They were okay at best because I'm a glutton for punishment. And then he has completely altered the path of that franchise. I mean, Rodgers has done exactly what the guy before him did, which is impressive, but it's not like Less Super Bowls, though. come out and completely switch the trajectory of the Packers. Yeah. I think as a franchise, it's easier to um, maintain that championship than it is to get there. Mm. Like, look at the franchises. Green Bay being one of them, or since uh, just look at the NFC North. Oh yeah, like New England for that twenty-year span. I think it's easier as a franchise to once you get that winning culture to stay with the winning culture if you make the correct hires and don't kind of go way off base. If that makes sense, well, yeah. it's easier for the franchise in general to once you're a winner, you're always a winner. And it's hard to get the stench of loser off. Of I will say this: as an individual, it's harder. To stay on the mountaintop because you always sure. have someone, especially like in an individual sport, it's harder to stay on top of the mountain. So some guy trying to take your job than it would be for a, a franchise to stay consistently good. I mean, look at like, we'll just say like combat sports. If you're the champion, you have how many people coming for your head? They all are. Like in WWE, there's so many. <laughs> That's not a combat sport. That's that's <laughs> called acting. Wait, hang on. What? That's drama. <laughs> or or even golf. Like the fact that Tiger Woods was still that good for like 20 year span was Tiger incredible. Versus the field. Tiger yeah, versus it was field. incredible. Yeah.
and you don't you haven't seen anyone really before him do that, and you haven't seen anyone since him be that dominant because it's just that hard. So, like, let me ask you guys: Can Giannis then attract bigger names? I know the the Bucks struggle right now with money, but can Giannis attract bigger names to Milwaukee? That was always the bugaboo before the knock on it before. It's Milwaukee. It's the Bucks. No one wants to come yeah, here. Greg Monroe. Giannis now does Giannis attract? I mean, he does. Who's, the big, who's big? Who's big names around that is coming to play the honest? Well, I, don't I, mean, really I know the Bucks. I know the Bucks Aaron can't really. Bledsoe, Greg Monroe, and Drew Holiday was nice. Yeah, Drew Holiday. I, Drew Holiday, I would say, is a great example. I don't Grayson really think Allen. he needs to. No, I no, I agree. But then you look at the parallels with Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the Packers. Who's Aaron Rodgers attracting? But then you look at the GM before Brian Gutekunst. You had Ted Thompson, who literally never dipped in the. He had Martellus Bennett. You know who Aaron Rodgers is attracting? Marshawn Lynch said, "Come get me." Blue of Earth. Yeah, Blue of Earth. That's who he's attracting. She is attractive too. So I mean, like you look at this, like these guys have been able to come to a place. They're drafted by a place, the Green Bay, Milwaukee, and Rodgers continued winning four MVPs. Got a Super Bowl in there, a lot of NFC North championships, whatever. And then Giannis Dendekumbo got you a, a championship um, 50 years in the making. So they were able to do it. Ben, to your point, do they need to attract people? The only they, just, they do it. Well, I themselves. think a harder thing for players, especially because Christian Yelich is on this list, though he's had one vote. <laughs> um, this still is a vote. Aaron Rodgers and Giannis are in sports slash positions where they can control a lot. You talk about who the best baseball player in Major League Baseball has been for a decade. It's Mike Trout. He's hardly made the playoffs, Yeah, which is one, the Angels organization going out and signing some of the guys that they've signed in the last 10, 15 years is pretty ridiculously bad with signings. But two, obviously, Mike Trout can be the best player and not have the same type of impact that Giannis has. And I know Zoman called in a little bit earlier and was talking about that. But uh, that just goes to show you that in baseball, you need a little bit more than one really great player. Yeah, Ben? He's talking about Babe Ruth in, in that sense, or which 1930s athlete were we talking about being the star? He actually was talking about modern day. Oh. How about yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting question, though. Because normally you would always, I feel like, say the quarterback of a, a team that's the most popular in the state and probably has been the most consistently successful. I, I, I mean, the Bucks winning the championship just completely switched it. Because last summer we talked about, there was the whole thing about who's the king, you know, yeah. of, of Wisconsin sports. Until Rodgers wins another title, uh, the answer is Giannis. Well, and, you know, you've got to look at it, too, in this way. It's just not on the field. It's also off the field. Rodgers, I, I love Aaron Rodgers. I don't really give a crap, you know, if, you know, some of the things he decides or not decides to do. Well, he's a Cali guy, right? And, like, he's... He's definitely not... If you were to ask, poll the average Wisconsinite, like, would you rather have a beer with Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? And I'll say Brett Favre. Or, you know, would you, would you want to have a beer with Rodgers? Like, no, I think he just does shots of wheatgrass as he's in a drum circle with Blue of Earth. Like, that's not, like, that's not Wisconsin culture, right? But, my God, is he a freaking winner. But Giannis Adendokounmpo, I've, I've met a lot of people that, even Packer fans, I think is probably divided now that don't like Aaron Rodgers. I have yet to meet a person that does not like Giannis Adendokounmpo. Uh, I remember this was said earlier, and I kind of gave from you Monona. that look. He changed his ways, though. Dave from Monona, depending on what day it is. Yeah, that's true. And how many kids Giannis has. Well, isn't isn't it is it two now two or now, is yeah. it one and expecting? I think they got a. I think the I think the second is out. I think it's. 
I think it's out in the world. I, I think I think it is. The, the, <laughs> right when you said that earlier, though, Dave from Monona came to my head, and it was like, depending on the day. Yeah, Dave had the terrible take about Giannis too focused on winning or having kids and winning a championship. But what did Giannis do? Too busy. What a championship. He said he's too busy making babies and not making free throws. He actually said that directly after Giannis made 19 free throws in the <laughs> finals clinching win. Too funny, dude. Too funny. That's an interesting conversation. You know, it's like. I will add to it, though. Lead off Christian Yelich could change this entire story. Are you surprised? I am. Yelich has one vote. It might have been a mistake, but he's got one vote on the Twitter poll. Well, it's because you phrased it as Christian Yelich and not lead off Christian Yelich. If it was lead off Yelich, I would have voted for him. Like, who's the. F- I, is, if Christian Yelich continues to do what he's doing, hitting around 300 and getting on, on base, base in the fours, on pace to hit about 15 home runs, still playing well below average defense with a well, well below average arm. Not important. I'll say <laughs> I'm glad he's playing better, but to save face of the franchise and well, he, uh, he is though. Like, yeah, let's I'll take it off. because of how bad he was prior, but Man, he's got he's getting paid to be a perennial all star. Yelich to lead off is like when they move JJ Watt from offense to defense. You know he uh, used Stop to it. you know he used to ride a moped delivering pizzas. Career altering move that will change the trajectory of the franchise. Seize the day. You have to attack the day. You have to do what, Rowdy? What do you got to do? Win the day, one and zero, Ebo every day. Undefeated, never lost. One Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Good morning, Grant Bills. Good morning, gentlemen. Any time that I can hear Brett Bielema quoted before 8 a.m., it's a good day. Uh, today is going to be a good day. Uh, Grant, to, to quote another Brett Bielema quote, whenever you hear a Brett Bielema quote, I'm going to quote him again, it's borderline erotic. <laughs> Do we know any Gary Anderson quotes off the top of our head? Does Rowdy have any of those? Um, I'm not. To pull from? Yeah, not like verbatim, but something like, Melvin Gordon, sit on the bench over there. Joel or, uh, peace out, boys, I'm leaving. Yeah. Or, yeah, or yeah. he looks in the mirror. I, no, I can't confirm or deny this, but I feel like Gary Anderson, in his time, every stop he had, he would go to the locker room in uh, his own private bathroom, he'd look in the mirror, and he'd point in the mirror at himself and goes, you suck. You just suck. <laughs> or Get I imagine together. him you like stink. squinting at the Big Ten Championship game scoreboard and saying, that score says what? <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, bust ticket out. <laughs> yeah, he's a... Mm, Grant, mm, yeah. Grant, he was the first ever uh, D-bag of the year. Yeah, he won our inaugural D-bag oh. of, the, of the year. He did. Well, there's, there's nothing like the first one. Uh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, we also have the ultimate D-bag bracket coming out next week, Grant Bills. We uh, have a D-bag of the week every week, or usually every week if we have nominees. We vote on it, and then whoever yeah. wins that week goes into the field. So the so the D-Bag Selection Committee is meeting earlier or this week, probably tomorrow, and they're going to seed the beautiful tournament and on Monday unveil it. How, what do you think of that? I miss the days where we would just use the computer model to select a winner of the D-Bag. Now it's so political, and there's so many cooks in the kitchen for voting for these things, I would imagine. Am I on the bracket this year? Wasn't I on the bracket last year? Um, I don't think we, we, we didn't have a bracket We haven't had it since uh, 2019. I don't – you were – I think you were up for a D bag of the week vote, but I don't think you ever won. I think I don't think you ever won. Okay. Someone someone took you down. So you are that not I, you I are not on the, you're not on the ultimate D bag bracket uh, pool, Grant. I got you. I remember D bag. Yes, you want to be. So you you guys haven't done the 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 D bag of the year in a while. Is what you're saying? That's exciting. Yeah. Do you want to be in the field? I can throw you in if you'd like. 
Well, no, I mean, I don't think I've done anything. Like last summer, you guys wouldn't lay off me for my Brewers tank. That's fine. I, I don't think I've done anything this year, this week. To you know, you've been, you've been, end up on that list. You've been close to the winner. Last time with we us. had a D bag of the year, I, I finished in the futile four. Yeah. I made a long run, which was definitely some, sh- some shenanigans when it came to polling. Did Manny Machado beat you in the futile four? Yeah. Manny, and then he won D bag of the year. Yeah. So, man, yeah. Rowdy did make it to the futile four, which is the, the final four of Grant Bills. But, yeah, Manny Machado took Rowdy down. Fantastic. Yeah. It um, almost took Jesus Aguilar down, too, which is probably why he was in the futile four. And, Grant, I should have been beaten and was Correct. beaten by Poopy Pants Paul Pierce. Say that quick five times. Yeah, Paul Pierce. But sports director Zach Heilprin fiddled with the Twitter polls and did everything like this. First First stolen Twitter poll in the history of Over the Line. Yeah, it turned out there. this was before the election, too, Grant Bill. So this was a precursor to Russia. We actually had Russian bots. We didn't know it at the time. Infiltrate the Twitter polls on Rowdy. High open interference. That's unfortunate. I'm going to have to ask him about that. Uh, by the way, he'll deny it, but he also denies that he blocked me on Twitter. By the way, Zach will be joining us today at 8 o'clock. So there is that. Hey, all right, Grant. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. But your first, Grant Bills, I mean, um, let's see, your beauty before age. So, Grant, uh, mustaches before <laughs> mustaches before baldness. Was that? All right, so, Grant, I saw you would tweet this out. Um, Kyrie Irving in the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, yesterday was a whirlwind, a windhorst wind of, oh, yeah. the Nets are going to lose Durant and they're going to lose Kyrie. Well, Kyrie uh, has player option. Do you think Kyrie is going to do a little sign-in trade and go to a, his buddy LeBron in L.A.? Or what do you think happens here in the NBA? Well, he can't now because the Lakers can't absorb $36 million. The only way it was going to happen with the Lakers is if Kyrie signed for like 6 or $7 because then the Lakers could absorb that through some exception. I don't know if it was a taxpayer or mid-level or what. But him signing that and opting into his player option essentially means that he's coming back to Brooklyn. And unless they want to trade him to somewhere like Detroit or Oklahoma City, He's in Brooklyn, and those teams don't want him anyways. So there's no team that can take Kyrie Irving that would want Kyrie Irving at this point. The Lakers are basically the only team. Yesterday was so stupid. The whole time, he was coming back the whole the whole time. He was coming back the entire time because that's the only thing that made sense. And this whole thing was a waste of time. And it was just like the Aaron Rodgers thing, which is what I said yesterday. And it was just very annoying. I guess it was something to entertain ourselves with and talk about on the show, but it was still very annoying and a huge waste. Of time. I love Kyrie. Grant, I have a question. Which was a buck. If I'm Kyrie, if I remember history correctly, I played with LeBron James. We won a championship. Yeah, I hit a big shot, but LeBron was the guy. Then I say, no, I can be the guy only to fail miserably. And then all of a sudden, one of the teams that I want to uh, go play for is a sign and trade with the Lakers. If those rumors were correct. I feel like that yeah. would be Kyrie Irving just tucking his tail between his legs and saying, I'm not a number one. LeBron, save me again. Uh, yes. Uh, you said the, you remember him hitting a big shot in the finals in 2016. That was the last time Kyrie Irving played a full, regular, normal, competitive season of basketball. So hey, that's 16 really was a good year. Yeah, that was Kyrie's the last the time Wall was legit, too. Yeah, 2016, that, that era of the NBA was really fun. But Kyrie Irving between Boston and now Brooklyn, he's just one I wish he was a buck. Another. Is that wrong of me to say that? I wish Kyrie was why? a buck. I love yes. Kyrie. He's yes. the man. Why, why, do you, why do you want him? He doesn't play. He's he awesome. Play. I love him. He doesn't him. care about basketball. I love Kyrie. I love what he does and stands for. I love it. I love Kyrie. Okay, well, he doesn't 
stand up on a basketball court to play basketball. That's fine. Mostly the point. I just want him. I just want him near me in my state. That's all. I want to hear. Uh, I want his aura around me. Grant Bills. He's the man. It's never going to happen with the Bucks. No, they don't have the money, and they would. And they have. I don't think the Bucks have any money. Brain in the front office. They have people who have brains. So do the, do the, happen, do the Bucks have any money? Fun. Do the Bucks yeah. have any money to do anything? Not, no, yeah, not like that. Yeah. No, yeah. Hey, Grant. Speaking of the Bucks, so uh, I have a Twitter poll going on right now, and we've been talking about it all uh, morning. Well, a couple segments here and there. Uh, but yesterday, uh, in 2013, on this day in history, yesterday was when the Milwaukee Bucks drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, when they drafted yeah. him, I immediately went, "Who? Who? Ooh. How? I said, what's his name?" And I'm like, oh, God, another wasted European pick uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks. And I was thinking, Yi Young Jing Jang, Young John, whatever the hell his name is, who literally said he didn't want to play for the Bucks. He's like, I don't want to play for you. Don't draft me. What do the Bucks do? They draft him. And the Bucks had just been terrible at drafting, you know, leading up to the Giannis pick. And then they pick Giannis, and all of a sudden, uh, after like a year, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's got it. So inspired by Giannis being drafted on this day in history yesterday, who's been the most meaningful, impactful for their respected uh, organizations, Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers, Giannis Adenakuma with the Milwaukee Bucks, or, you know, I, he's get, he gets paid like it and he's getting the most votes for All-Stars, so he is the face. Christian Yelich for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, it's, I mean, the easy answer is Giannis, but that's because Favre was there before Rodgers. So if, if, if Favre never existed and the Packers were terrible through the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, Oof. and then Rodgers got there, Maybe you could say Rodgers, but Rodgers just kind of came in and kept the ball rolling after Favre and Ron Wolf and company kind of got it rolling in the 90s. It's it's pretty amazing every time I'm down by Pfizer Forum because I just look around and think none of this would be here if Giannis had never been drafted by the Bucks. Right. I know a lot of people say that the team might have moved. I I don't know. Some some people are for sure about that. If Giannis isn't here, the Bucks would be in Seattle or whatever. I don't know about that. That's really hard to tell. But none of that would be down there without Giannis. The Deer District, all of the expanding, like all of the construction and cool things that they've put down there, and, and everything that kind of exists the way that it exists now with the Bucks doesn't exist without Giannis. Um, the thing about Yelich, do you, do you agree with this, Evo? I don't think the Brewers even need to be good in this state for us to care about them. I think we're going to go anyways. We just like getting drunk and tailgating. I think the Brewers being good for the sports and fans bonus? in the state is, is like a huge perk. It's an added bonus for people like us. But for eighty percent of the people that live in Wisconsin, they're going to Brewer games anyways. Which by the I mean, way, they've always small, top fifteen, top fifteen or better in attendance. That's it's a, always yeah, top ten. Yeah. Top ten. That's an interesting take. Small, small offshoot conversation. And maybe boy, do we love getting drunk in parking lots! I tell you that. Yeah, yeah. The Brewers are so into this model of sustained success, and they want to stay good. They never want to drop off. If there is a team in the state that can afford to drop off, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I add a wrinkle to this? Please do. You, it, something just sparked in my my brain here. If Good, we love that. Getting drunk in a parking lot, you know, America's pastime. Love it. Was I mean, Wisconsin? Yeah. Wisconsin getting drunk is our as our Wisconsin pastime. And you combine it with American mm-hmm. pastime baseball. If the Milwaukee Brewers weren't named the Brewers, would we still party our asses off in the parking lot? Because if anything, it's like I mean, instigating. It's instigating. It's it's giving you validation for getting drunk in a parking lot. The name's the Brewers. Well, I think that's why we missed the name Miller Park so bad. Yeah, I think so. Away a little bit of that validation. And the like, rumor oh, man, is we got to think. We got to think about insurance when we're getting drunk. That doesn't seem. American like Family it. has insurance claims adjusters walking around the parking lot, and they say they 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 find you if you're drunk. 
If you're passed out yeah. and you got an AmFam, they raise your premiums, Grant. That's just a little scuttlebutt <laughs> I heard. <laughs> they should lower your premiums. That's how that should work. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Ronnie? No, I, I was just commenting. Uh, Grant, you talked about how the Milwaukee Bucks have brains in the front office. Do you think you could argue out after the Giannis pick, outside of Malcolm Brogdon, they've been fairly bad at drafting. Giannis has just been that good. Yeah, well, the NBA draft is weird. You could look at all the horse picks and say they stink. For the most part, they've been terrible picks. Or they've traded a lot of their picks, right? Now, the exceptions are probably Thon Maker, who I think was 10. Ooh. But I loved that pick. Oh, his, his, was his name was a gift that kept on giving. We had so many different nicknames for these Thon Makers. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we used to, in college, we would make liquor drinks in the dorm called Thon Makers. We'd say, hey, you want to come over and drink some Thon Makers? What's in a, what's in a Thon Maker? It's well, a skinny it glass. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> it was basically Seagram's and Flats. Right in a buck souvenir cup. Is it true that the thon maker drink would take you out of thongs? Uh, no, God, no. The, I mean, the, no. the thon song. Giannis Adenathonbo. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Thon was a good pick. I liked that pick. I hated the DJ Wilson pick, but other than that, it's like, well, whatever. You're picking in the 20s or you're trading out. I, I don't know. The NBA draft is so hard. And then my second the comment Warriors, was. Well, they do. The second comment was when you were talking about how people were saying that the Bucks might not be here if they didn't draft Giannis and weren't this good. I would say even up till 2018, I was still hearing people saying pucks for bucks, pucks for bucks, bring in a hockey team, get rid of the bucks. And that was 2018. That's not that long ago. Sucked if they would have swapped for a hockey team. Although I did watch a little hockey in the playoffs this year. I dabbled. Uh, but it's still, no, it's not my thing. It's not the same. Although I would take a hockey team in the States. That'd be kind of fun. Probably wouldn't talk about it much on the show because I don't know what's going on, but maybe I'd learn. Uh, Grant Bills? I mean, you're, you're, always, yeah. you're always learning, Grant Bills. This was the beauty about you. You're always uh, trying to soak in information, that beautiful mind of yours. Grant, before I let you go, though, something else you're probably soaking in. Maybe it was some, uh, I hope you didn't inhale any weed smoke or maybe, you know, take any psychedelics. What were you doing, Grant Bills, over the weekend at Wrigley Field? Oh, yes, it was at Wrigley. We went to see the dead. Oh, so fun. Take me. Um, I mean, you're at Wrigley. I mean, how was Wrigley and how was Dead and Company? Have you been to Wrigley, I'm assuming? Uh, I've been outside of it. Never do a game, though. I sounded like such a jerk. I'm assuming you've been to Wrigley. I mean, I've been there, just not in it. Yeah, well, just rolling up to it is weird because you would almost miss it. Like, you walk up and it's like a part of a neighborhood. It's very yeah, bizarre. Yeah. Like, American Family Field, it's like an airstrip. Like, you see it from so three They call that a drinking zone in Milwaukee? It's a drinking zone? <laughs> yeah. So, Wrigley's, Wrigley's awesome. Um, we sat on the first baseline to see the dead. And what was cool is we got there. We sat down about, like, 20 minutes before they started. And you just make friends with everyone around you. Like, we were sitting next to this nice group of people. I think they were in their mid-20s like us. And they were there from Boulder because they wanted to see a couple shows, so they planned to come to Chicago because somebody's parents were from the Midwest. I don't remember, but they were very nice. And we just basically hung out with them for a couple of hours and listened to music, did a little dancing. My knees were a little sore <laughs> Sunday and yesterday. I, I, I you must have been cutting a lot of rug. You were cutting there. a lot of rug, Grant Bills. Well, yeah. Well, and the thing is, you kind of got to dance in place when you're not yeah. down in general admission, so that's a little tough on the joint. You can't really flow as, 
as freely as you'd like to. But the show was awesome. Uh, I got a we got a pretzel in, at the break in the middle, which was delicious. Was there and a shakedown street? Playing there, oh, outside, yeah. Was there's there awesome like the Carnival Circus shakedown street? Shakedown street with all the burnt out hippies selling grilled cheeses and veggie burritos and nitrous and nitrous balloons. Nitrous balloons, too expensive. I just I didn't have any money for nitrous balloons. Yeah, it's like, Although it's the like, song you're playing right now. They uh they started the second set with it was one of my favorites. This has been true. Been yeah. When I was at Billy Strings, they were selling nitrous balloons outside. Like after that, it was like twenty dollars for a balloon. I was like, first of all, it's illegal. So no. Second of all, twenty good, bucks. Good Come call. on, no thank you. Do you. I don't think you could do a whole balloon. That seems like so much laughing gas. I feel like that would do me in. It just kills a bunch of brain cells. Yeah. Grant. Well, I listen to I listen to your show every morning, so I. Hey, I, I, how, how do you how do you go from killing brain cells to saying you listen to my show every morning? What's that supposed to mean? I guess there was a joke. I'm struggling <laughs> this morning. There was a joke to be made there, and I I just couldn't land it. I couldn't get it. That's on me. We love you, buddy. We love you, man. We'll, we'll listen at four to six, right, buddy? Uh, or four to five thirty because the Brewers. All right, see you, buddy. We love you. Have a lovely. Say hi to Zach Halpern for me. We'll do. Bye. You and Grant keep interesting friends. <laughs> Public perception of the New York Yankees. You were uh, you were keen on this. If you go look at the Major League Baseball standings, the New York Yankees sit at fifty four and twenty. I do believe that is the best mark in all of baseball. Rowdy, those fifty four wins that they have uh, again. One last night. Tell the folks what you're uh, we're talking about. Well. When I think of, Ebo, when you think of old money versus new money, wouldn't you say the old money is the New York Yankees? Yes. And the newer money would be like the L.A. Dodgers? Yes. These teams can basically go out there, spend as much as they want, and and their payrolls are normally close to $300 million. Then when you look at a team like the Milwaukee Brewers, we're hoping that at least sometime, hopefully in the near future, that Mark Ananasio would shell out 150 million as I believe the most the Milwaukee Brewers have ever paid was 20 was at 2019 where it was 136 million was the most that they've actually ever spent on a payroll, which is still not even half as much as the Yankees and Dodgers almost consistently spend. And don't forget, uh, Ardenazio's got an all Ford extra for, uh, for the July. But you, you would say that almost every single year, especially recently when they come out with those futures to win the world series, the Yankees and the Dodgers have been up there one, two, like the last couple seasons. Mm -hmm. Now the Brewers have been up there much higher than they normally are, but is a, in general, in the national eye of baseball, you don't see the Milwaukee Brewers and the Yankees or Dodgers on the same level. No, that's just, that's just reality. Yeah, one team is seen as like a poor small market franchise. The other two are clearly giants that have a lot of money. The haves and the have-nots. Now, when people talk about the Milwaukee Brewers this season, they don't really, in the national media, most of them don't really mention all the injuries that they've had. You can almost go around to every single position out there on the baseball field, and the Milwaukee Brewers have a had a major injury at that position or B have had guys missing at least two weeks at that position. They have only been healthy for four day span. And it was a three game series with the reds in which they swept the reds. And it was the first game of the Atlanta brave series in which they beat the Braves. They were four and Oh, now 
the Brewers still lead the Central. They're 42 and 33. We obviously saw them have pretty hard times starting in the month of June for about those first two two weeks or so. Yeah. It was tough times. No doubt everyone's fandom was tested in those two weeks. Brewers couldn't even hardly find a win. They had an eight-game losing streak, and at one point they were what? Like one out of their last 12. They was, won was, one out of their bad. last like 12 games and an eight-game losing streak in there. It was the worst slip since Ron Renneke was fired. But they're still half a game better than the Cardinals, who are also dealing with the injuries. But I would even argue not to the extent that the Brewers were. You have the Yankees and you have the Dodgers who have relatively been pretty healthy this year and they are on their tops of their division. Yeah. But most of the time when the when the Brewers win, they complain that it's pitching and defense, pitching and defense, can't hit closing the ball. game. You know, they can't hit the ball and they can't score a ton of runs. They have to win with pitching and defense. I remember in 2018, remember where the Brewers came out of nowhere and everyone didn't really think they were for real for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Then Christian Yelich woke up and, the, but that was also when the Chicago Cubs were in their dynasty or what was supposed to yeah, be a supposed dynasty because they had just won it in 2016, had a good team this in 17 and oh, they're going to bounce back in 18. No one really believed in the Brewers because they won a lot of close games. They got a lot of really good pitching and they were, they were Scoring just enough runs. Now, the offense was better than what it has been lately, but you get what I'm saying. They were never, ever respected the same way as the Yankees and the Dodgers. And there was another, that same year, they had a lot of comeback wins. And it was always like, well, are the Brewers for real? Are the Brewers for real? Yeah. The Yankees this season, they have the best record in baseball. They have 54 wins. Juggernaut. The Yankees have had, Ebo 10 Walk-off wins. Ten walk-off wins. Ten walk-off wins this season. The excitement. It's the third most in baseball history before the month of July. The only... there was, I can't remember the second team, but the team with the most walk-off wins before July was the 1974 Kansas City Royals who had 12 walk-off so wins pre-July. 1974. The Yankees have 10, and now last night they did not walk it off, but they did allow the A's to come out, put a five spot on the board, ended up scoring nine straight runs, and they came back technically from a 5-0 deficit, won 9-5. That doesn't even count as a walk-off yeah. win, but that's a big comeback. Wow. As Brewer fans, if we get down 5 to nothing in the first four or five innings, you're thinking, it's over. This is not good. Like uh, against the Blue Jays uh, a couple days ago, it was what? Brewers were down 3 to nothing in the first inning when Chi Chi Gonzalez was up. We got a message from our guy, Pauly. Brewers getting shelled early. But I find it weird that everyone in the national media has basically found that the Yankees are their darlings again, and they're so great. Now, granted, they are are a good baseball team. Don't get me wrong. Biggest markets. But... They do spend a lot of money and they're winning a ton of close games and, and walk off wins. Is that sustainable? You Maybe think no. if, if it's that sustainable over 162 games, then they really are that good. Correct. But if they start to kind of revert back to the mean, are they going to be such head and shoulder uh, head and shoulders better than everybody else? Look at their winning percentage. It's seven. Well, look at what happened when they actually ran into a good team and they weren't allowed to just come back every time. The Astros, the Astros played them extremely tough at Yankee Stadium over the weekend. Astros, in my opinion, might be the best baseball team right now, but that's a different debate. I just, I think it's funny when just because they're a large market that spends a lot of money, when they're winning close games and having a lot of walk-off wins, they're seen as this great 
great well, World Series bound, yeah, world beater. Yeah, yeah, where when the Brewers were doing that in the past, it lucky. was they're lucky and they're doing it with pitching and defense. Yeah. It wasn't that the Brewers were one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. It was that they were lucky. And uh, couldn't you say right now that the Yankees are the ones that are actually lucky? Well, you would easily. Like the game last I mean, night. Yeah, good for them. I mean, 10 walk-offs and then other one last night doesn't count as one. But. It doesn't count, but it's it just shows you that they came back and were down by five. And the Yankees are on record saying this is what we do. We don't quit. Yeah. But you would think that later in the season, some of those games would kind of revert back to, to the norm. And all of a sudden, they would start to lose those games. Well, I think you're spot on. If the, if, the, if the Yankees continue to do this and win games, walk off, then they're fashion, that, then they're good. That then good. They're just they're good. But numbers would tell you that there's no way they keep this up. Mm-hmm. And the Milwaukee Brewers, you could almost not script it any worse for them. Whatever could go wrong has went wrong. I forget whose law that is, but that's a law. Murphy's law. And. The Brewers are now all of a sudden they're getting Woody back tonight. They're getting uh, Wong back, who's expected back tonight. They yep. got Gustave and got back out of the bullpen over the weekend. They got uh, Brasso over the weekend. It looks like they're going to get Ashby back sometime in the next week. Mm-hmm. You're looking at all of these guys that have been injured or or and I did read up on Hunter Renfro last night, it was expecting him. him to come back early off the IL. So I think it was calf, around July 4th. Calf so again, it would be within the week. Another guy where you got to get that bat back in the lineup, but it just seems like for the majority of these injuries by mid July, the Milwaukee Brewers should have the majority of their players and bigger names that have missed time or have been out recently for a long period of time back. And the only guy that you're really waiting on is Freddie Peralta. And, yeah. and from all the news that we've heard, it sounds positive. He's throwing. He started his throwing program. He's been doing, I think it was, was it long toss or whatever? He's basically done everything in this throwing program, but throwing off of a mound. So, so they are being careful, but everything seems yeah. to be going good. The only other guys from this original team uh, that in theory should not be healthy, ready to go by mid July is Jake Cousins. And he had only logged, I think it was two or three weeks at the beginning of the season, and all of a sudden was put on the IL, and they're expecting him back in, I think it was late July. Yeah. But other than that, the only other guy that are on on these reports is Justin Topa, who showed a lot of promise two years ago, but hasn't stayed healthy since. I'm not, I, I don't think anyone was relying on him anyways. Out, no. out, outside no. of Freddie Peralta, the only huge name... The Brewers should be healthy in less than two weeks. And this is the time where they need to put ground between them and the Cardinals because June was their toughest month. All the months after June are much less difficult than the month of June when it came to playing teams that were 500 or or above or teams that were seen to be playoff contenders. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals, on the other hand, they getting, still haven't been able to get he- healthy. again. But did you hear about what they said with Jack Flaherty? He's done so, again, right? So Flaherty hurt his shoulder again. He was a guy that had shoulder issues and missed the first two-plus months this year. Missed a lot of last year because of shoulder stuff. He's missed, man, most of the last two-plus years, Ebo. Well, they came back. Their GM did a little, uh, a little, little interview, and they were talking about how they had a plan mapped out for Jack Flaherty. He said he felt better and kind of took the 
took the the reins and did his own stuff yeah. and said, no, I'm coming back. And they're like, they were kind of hands off. They're like, all right, he's Wait, back. So they let him do his own. Basically rehab? when they had a separate plan for him. And now all of a sudden after three starts, he did not log more than three innings in a start. He's back on the shelf with a shoulder injury. Plus they have some uh, injuries to their pitching uh, both in the starting rotation and the bullpen. <laughs> but, yeah, if, if they're going to continue to have these issues that, that linger a little bit. All well for the Brewers. Brewers, they need to jump on the Cardinals. Now, I don't want them to get that big a lead because we saw what the Brewers will do with take a big lead. Take the foot off the gas? And it's take the foot off the gas and never, do And then ever never hit the that. ball again, like i.e. shades of the Atlanta you Braves? You never take your boot off the throat. No, you go for the kill shot, Rudy. No. <laughs> Yeah, so full circle here. Or do we want them to have a big lead only to see if David Stearns and Craig Council learned from last year? You, they would rest guys. and, and I know they would. Yeah. That's why I don't want them to have a huge lead. <laughs> I want it to be neck and neck. Really keep, keep them uneasy. That's why I thought it was hilarious when we had people call in last year and say, oh, you know that they'll, they'll let Woody and Burns go once it's the postseason. No, no. They never let him go before, but, but Craig Council has changed his tune a little bit lately. With uh, yeah, Burns, been Burns, going. he's been going a hundred plus here lately. Yeah, now is that on? out of necessity or is that out of uh, hey, maybe I do have a little bit more uh, faith in you late? Probably a little from column A, a little from column B. I'd say more necessity just because of look who you got in the uh, the starting rotation right now. One Chichi Gonzalez and another Jason Alexander. It's like all right, we got to win games when our Cy Young winners on there. Brandon, or I'm sorry, Corbin Burns. Let's let them go seven and two-third innings or, you know, get over 112 pitches, whatever it is.